Hey, Coach Arlen here. What do Walt Disney, Andrew Carnegie, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Edison, and FDR all have in common? They shared one secret that propelled them to achieve remarkable success. They each belonged to a mastermind group. If you've never experienced the power of a mastermind group, now is your opportunity. Join my business success mastermind group today. New cohorts are starting soon. To learn more, go to ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. The Courage to Lead, episode 224. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Arlen here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you're having an exceptional week. I'm having a great week and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest. Please help me welcome Kevin Palmieri. Kevin Palmieri is a founder and co-host of the Next Level University podcast. Early in his life, Kevin found success, but after a brush with suicide, he realized he wasn't living the life he truly wanted. He became passionate about self-improvement and decided to make it his purpose in life to impact as many people as possible by becoming a role model, podcaster, and speaker. Kevin has succeeded in making his podcast one of the top 100 with over 1,000 episodes and listens in over 125 countries. Kevin has taken his life to the next level and achieved both personal and professional success. Kevin, welcome to the program. Arlen, thank you so much for having me, my friend. I am excited to chat with you. Yeah, absolutely. You're up in the Massachusetts area, right? Worcester? Uh, New Hampshire. I, I moved from you Worcester moved? to New Hampshire. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's that's colder. <laughs> Slightly. I, when you're up here, when you're in New England, it's kind of all the same at a certain point. So I'm inside most of the time. I'm usually in the studio. So the weather doesn't affect me too much. Yeah. My wife and I had a, a co uh, consulting project up in Worcester. Mm. And it was like the coldest winter I've ever been. I don't know why all of our winter projects were up in the the tundra, but we were way up there. And the people there seemed to get excited when it started to get cold and snow. Mm. It's like it energized them. You know, mm. I'm, I'm from California. I don't know. No, I don't know. You know, cold weather. So well, you yeah. must have, you must have caught it at a good time because usually when there's snow, there's mayhem because some people don't know how to drive as well. Some people get more angry. So you might've just been here at a really good time. That's what I would say. Yeah. I'm in, uh, out of the Atlanta area. And we had snowmageddon. I think we mm. had over an inch, <laughs> over an inch of snow and people left their car on the freeway and walked home. Yeah. Yeah. That, that tells you something. Yeah. All right. Um, I want to take a, a quick break. We're going to um, come back, talk about uh, how you got your start, who you work with, how you help them, things that you've done in your career and stuff, your podcast and everything like that. But before we do, um, I've got 10 questions that I like to ask each one of my guests. Uh, listeners know these are the questions from the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these same questions of his Hollywood guests from TV, film, and stage. And I figure, hey, they're good enough for the Hollywood elite. They're certainly good enough for my guests. So, Kevin, if you're ready, 10 questions for you. I'm ready. All right. Question one, what is your favorite word? Uh, I would say my favorite word is opportunity. Nice. Okay. Yeah. What's your least favorite word? Um, Probably lack. Mm. lack yeah you could tell a lot about a situation by i mean if somebody says there's a lack of it's that that kind of frames the situation so lack is probably my least favorite word uh, i think we're going to talk about mindset a little bit <laughs> yeah, absolutely all right what turns you on what turns me on kindness what turns you off arrogance what sound or noise do you love 
uh, waves crashing, whether it's on the ocean, whether it's on a lake, just yeah, waves crashing. Just that there's something about water. We we love water as humans, and I definitely love it. Nice. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, sirens. Hmm. Sirens. All right. What is your favorite curse word? It rhymes with wit. (laughs) I think it's one that you can use in many different situations and you can make it funny if you know how to use it right. So I like to, if if I'm swearing, I like for it to be funny, not serious. That's the goal at least. (laughs) Good job. All right. Uh, What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I said this the other day, if I died and I get to come back and choose, it would either be a rock star or it would be a professional fighter, mixed martial arts fighter. Those would be the two I'd go for. Very cool. Um, what profession would you not like to do? Oh, my goodness. Probably be a teacher because I struggle with teaching those who don't want to be taught. I think probably most most humans do, but I probably take that more personally than other people. So it's very hard for me to to try to pour into somebody who's not open to be poured into. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Mm. You did good. You, you were a good, kind human being who tried to spread kindness and an opportunity to other people. And you yes. should be you should be proud of that. Good job. Well, you certainly have done a lot of stuff, and we're going to come back and talk about all those things. Um, how you got your start, how you got to where you are now, who you work with, how you help them. And at some point, we're going to transition into courage and leadership. All right. So listeners, we're going to be talking about all that and probably a lot more right after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Kevin Palmieri. Kevin, thanks again for agreeing to be on the podcast. It's good to talk to you. Of course, my friend. Yes, likewise. Um, So I was reading your LinkedIn profile and I love this where you said most people talk about hitting rock bottom you actually realize that rock bottom has a basement. Mm. And I love that imagery. Talk to me about that. What, what was the early life like and, and what happened? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because for me, my life doesn't really feel like it started until my mid-20s. And at that point, I had already worked a bunch of different jobs. I'd had some relationships and some breakups. I'd learned a little bit about myself. But I had this very interesting time in my life where my girlfriend was a model I had just won a bodybuilding show, so I was in the best shape of my life. I was making good money at work. I had the car. I had the new place. And by all outside standards, it looked like I was crushing it. And this is why I say I found quote unquote success, right? It looked like success, but it didn't necessarily feel like success. So from the outside looking in, you would assume I had everything. But I was a very insecure man. I was not confident. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was very uncertain. I was very scarce. Right, we talked about that that word earlier. I was very, very scarce. And one day my girlfriend came to me and said, Hey, Kev, I want to move from the East Coast to California and I want to chase my dreams. 
And unfortunately, in my scarcity and my insecurity, I gave her every reason in the world why she shouldn't do it. You know, real estate's too expensive. The job market sucks. Gas is expensive, whatever. Anything I could pull out, like, please don't leave me. Just don't leave me. That's what I'm aiming for here. And believe it or not, Harlan, she ended up leaving me as she should have mm. because yeah. I was uh, intentionally or unintentionally, however you want to look at it, holding her yeah. back from her, her dreams. So that was my initial rock bottom of interesting. I just lost somebody. My bills just doubled. Work just slowed down. I don't love myself. How could anybody else love me? Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So that was my initial interest in self-improvement. For some reason, all of my relationships have failed. I have to be at least 50% of the problem, right? Like, it's not yeah. always the other person. Okay, right. let me look in that mirror. Now, something interesting happened. I said, self-improvement is cool. I need to go make more money. That's really what needs to happen. I need to make a boatload of money. That'll take all my problems away. That's what we're going to mm. go for. Right. So at that time... I was working in an industry called weatherization. So we would go into buildings and we would make them more energy efficient. We primarily worked in schools or state-owned buildings. So I was getting anywhere from $60 to $120 an hour to do this job. Nice. Love that. Big fan, right? Yeah. At the time, big fan. So the, the year after my girlfriend left me was the, she left me in 2017. 2018 starts and I get a promotion to a foreman at my company. So I'm working more than I ever have. And that year was the busiest year we have ever had as a company. And I spent 10 months out of the 12 months living on the road because our contracts were in various states up and down the East Coast of the US. So we get to the end of the year and I opened my final pay stub, made $100,000 at 26, no college degree. And I had a moment of awareness that for most of my life, I had lived unconsciously, just mm. going through the flow, going through the life without intention, just going with the flow, just going wherever life took me. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. So I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast, right? You, you said we were going to talk about mindset. That's it in sure. a nutshell. Sure. I fell in love with podcasting as I fell out of love with my job because I realized I've already reached the peak here. I don't want to do it again. It's, I'm not willing to do what I did to make this money. So I start calling out of work. I start leaving the job site early. I start showing up late. And eventually it got to the point where my mental health was taking a turn. My physical health was taking a turn. And I woke up in a hotel room in New Jersey, which is six hours from where I lived. Alarm clock went off at 5.15, 5.30. I sit up, slide to the edge of the bed, lacing up my work boots as I have done a thousand times. But that morning it felt like there was 10 televisions on in my head at the same time. And every single one is on a different station. And mm. one is saying you're stuck here forever. People like you don't get this job. Never mind, leave it. If you do work up the courage to leave, what will your friends think? You make more money than any of your friends, right? I had conversations when I was in my, my teenage years that I was going to be the one who ended up in jail. And here I am winning at life. Like, I don't want to lose right. that. What would your family say? If you left this all behind, what would your family say? And do you really think you're going to be a successful podcaster? Is that really the fallback plan? And in that moment, I felt that if I was to take my life, I would take my problems with me. And that was my mm -hmm. rock bottom basement. It doesn't get much lower than that moment. Now, luckily, I had somebody I felt safe reaching out to. He's now the CEO of our company and my business partner. I reached out. I said, hey, Alan, I'm struggling, brother. You know, I'm having these thoughts, these feelings, these emotions. What do I do? And he said, Kev, over the last couple of years, your awareness has changed a ton, but your environments have remained the same. 
I think it's time for you to change your environment. It's like easy for you to say, man, very easy for you to say. But I ended up leaving that job three or four months later and then starting this full time, going into podcasting and trying to build a business full time. So that was the the rock bottom basement. When you're all the way at hell no, it's not hard to, it's easier to go all in on hell yes. And that was where I was. Nice. Why podcasting? What was it that drew you to podcasting? So in in a past life of mine, Harlan, I was a truck driver. And I used to, I used to say to myself, because I would listen to talk radio, right? I'd be in the truck at six in the morning. I would listen to talk radio from six to 10. And then there was a sports talk radio from 10 to two and then two to six. I would literally listen to the radio, talk radio all day. And I said, imagine if you could just talk into a microphone for like four hours a day and that was your job. My goodness. Interesting. So I love that. There were other times in my life where I was doing motivational content, motivational videos on on Facebook long before Facebook had a live button. There was no Facebook mm-hmm. lives when I was doing this. So those were already implanted in my head. My business partner had a YouTube channel, texted me and said, hey, Kev, I would like to have you on my YouTube channel. And we're going to talk about fitness and mindset. That's going to keep coming up. Motivation, yeah. right? We're going to talk about all this stuff. I'd love to do it. And he kept pushing it off kept pushing it off. And I eventually texted him and said, Alan, are we going to do this or what? Like, what are we doing here? Why are we wasting time? So I ended up being interviewed on his YouTube channel. And after that, it was myself, Alan, and one of our other friends. Alan went to the bathroom and I said to my other friend, I said, that hour and a half went by in what feels like five minutes. Imagine if you could do that for a living. That, whatever that is. And he said, well, there's people out there that do that. And yeah, shortly thereafter, I went and did the research and I ordered all the equipment and that was it. I mean, at the time I was very focused on Joe Rogan. I think he's inspired probably more podcasters than anybody else. So everything kind of connected in a very unique way at a very unique time. And I just, I felt the pull to podcast. Nice. Very cool. (laughs) Yeah. I'd love I love meeting new people. I love learning their stories and I learned something on every podcast. Uh, get from every podcast guest that I have, I, I learned something. So that's, it's, it's inspiring when I know I'm getting ready to record a podcast. I'm up early that day, right? I'm all jazzed about it. So, <laughs> so I know exactly what you're talking about. Now you coach other people too, mm. right? Yeah. Well, in I'm, podcasting to set up their own podcast or, or just basic life business coaching? What is it? So we started when we were trying to figure out like, how are we going to monetize this? Like what, how are we going to turn this into, into a business? Podcasting is fun. We have to make it profitable. I started doing mindset, peak performance, and relationship coaching. That's where I started. Then eventually we crossed the threshold of like 400, 500 episodes, something like that. And I had a mentor who said, hey, can you help me set up my podcast? And I was like, yeah. I'm like, what are you trying to do? And he, he told me. And I gave him this giant list of equipment. And I was like, I'll help you set it up when it gets here and, and all this stuff. And after that, he said, you know what? You should do that with, with other people. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, you should help podcasters. And I said, nobody's going to pay for that. Like, it's not that important to most people. But then I ended up connecting with a lot of like CEOs and business owners who just, they don't have the time to do it themselves. So yeah, it, it became that. And I, at this point I've coached, I don't know, hundreds of podcasters on starting, scaling, monetizing, all that stuff. So yeah, that's where the majority of my time goes now. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. So the people you're, you work with, stuff, what are they struggling with? Um, or what are they, what are they missing? Is it I know they're they're probably just starting off, but do you help them get over that hurdle? Is it mm. belief in themselves? Is it mindset, fear? What is it? Yeah, it's it's all of it, really. It's 
I think there's three reasons people don't succeed, not just in podcasting, but in, but in anything. They either have uh, misaligned expectations, so false expectations. They have a false approach or they have a skewed time perspective. In reality, that's all I'm really trying to do is say, like, what are your, what are your expectations? Uh, I'm going to have a million downloads this year. No, you're not. Most likely. <laughs> right? Unless something happens, you most likely right. won't. And I'm not going to sell you on that because that, that's probably not going to happen. The other thing is like the day-to-day intricacies of what is your approach? Like, are you posting on social media? Are you doing these things? And then the unique time perspective of, you know, 52 episodes is not that many. It's 52 reps. You've gone to the gym 52 times. There's not a lot that's probably going to happen, right? That expectation. So yeah, for me, it's really, how does the podcast connect to the business? What is the ultimate goal? Do you understand your audience? Why are you doing this? You know, what is the intention behind what you're doing that it's, it's very much, I want to dive into as deep as we can go based on everything that you're trying to get out of it. That really is my goal in a nutshell. Nice. Yeah. Expectations are huge. Um, as a consultant working with clients, what are your expectations? Like you said, I want a, a million downloads in a, in a week. Okay. Yeah. The goal is great. The time frame is off. Yes. You know, let's balance that out a little bit. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's why a lot of people quit because they're like, sure. It's almost like, this is always my analogy, Harlan. If you call me tomorrow and you say, hey, Kev, we're going to go for a run. One question I'm going to ask you, how long are we running for? Like, what is the distance here? Because the expectation I have dictates everything else. So I agree. Yeah, I think a lot of us, we're okay with setting goals, Mm -hmm. but that goal shouldn't necessarily be the expectation. For a lot of us, the goal is the jumping off point, not the result we're going to get. Right. Yeah, I, I working with my clients, we talk about setting goals. The goal is the easy part. What it is you want to do, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. What is the result you're after? Mm. What is that going to give you? What is it going to bring you, right? Um, the, the bride who wants to lose all the weight to fit into that dress that's three sizes smaller than anything she's ever worn in her life. Mm. What is the result you're after? It's that, it's that image. It's that picture. It's that being that perfect day. Fine. Now we know what motivates you and how to, yes. how to drive towards that motivation, right? Yes. Yes. Wow. Um, so tell me about Next Level University. Uh, Next Level University is a podcast that basically our goal is to help people get a little bit better every day. So we do an episode every single day, seven days a week, and it helps people level up their life, their love, their health, and their wealth. In my story, I was very successful financially and at times in my life from a health standpoint, but my relationship suffered. There was other times where I had great relationships, but my wealth suffered. So our ultimate goal is to help people level all those up and become a holistic, well-rounded human being. It's very interesting, Harlan, because our primary uh, primary demographic is actually women. Believe it or not, as a tattooed bodybuilder who loves mixed <laughs> martial arts and combat, but that has given me a very unique perspective on the world that has changed the way I have been as a leader that has forced me to look in some mirrors that I didn't necessarily expect to. So yeah, the podcast is the biggest thing that we do, but beneath that we have 25 other layers to our, our business. There's a lot going on behind the scenes that a lot of people will never see, but that's what creates the opportunity for us to, you know, spend however many hours a week we do on, on podcasts. Yeah. And I I think where people get, out of whack is when they focus on one aspect of their life and let the rest of it go. Hundred percent. You've seen the wheel of life. Everything is in balance. And if you've got one thing that's way out of balance and something else is low, imagine if that was a wheel on your bicycle, you're just going to be plunk, plunk, plunk all over the place. Yeah. I'm trying to balance it out. Not that everything has to be a 10. Correct. 
And I don't know if it can be a balance. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's possible. Right. I think one is kind of always lagging, but I'm sure you've heard terrible advice from, and again, I have nothing against this man, but I once heard a, a motivational video with Steve Harvey. And he basically said like, you don't need to sleep. Like you should only sleep four hours a night. Steve, that's the worst advice in the world to give someone. That's not holistic <laughs> self-improvement. That's not good advice. So I think that's the interesting thing is everybody has their strength. There are some people who are just really good at making money, but they're not necessarily good at building intimate relationships. So depending on what you want, you have to find that input. You have to find that content and you have to be influenced it in the prop, uh, influenced by it in the proper way. Yeah, I was reading, um, I think it was on your website, you said that uh, when you change the way you think, you change the way you act, and you change the way you live. Yes. And I love that. I I, I take it a little, maybe a step further with my clients stuff, talk about your beliefs drive your thoughts. Mm. And those thoughts drive your actions or your behaviors, and that drives your result, mm. right? Because it's it's that mindset. It's if we believe in ourselves, we we're good. If we don't believe in ourselves, that's going to be our result, right? Mm. Everything and, comes from that mindset. Yeah. And I've one of, I think the biggest issue in the world is lack of belief. I really do. I, if you do not believe it is possible, you will not take action. If you do not take action, you will prove to yourself it's not possible. And it becomes this cycle that you live forever. That becomes your identity. And then, you know, that's it in a way. And somebody has to dig in there. You have to consume a piece of content or somebody has to say, so whatever it is that breaks that free. And, and to your point, it, it challenges the belief. It doesn't have to shift it right away. It challenges the belief. And then you go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you can, if you can change that belief, everything else will kind of filter into place. Yes. Right. Yep. Um, motivators. What's, what, what would you say the biggest motivator is for someone? What motivates them? Uh, it's, people? yeah, it's hard. It's hard. So I think there's five. Ty Lopez came up with four. And then I don't know if he actually did, but, and then we kind of added her on there. So we have meeting and romance. So whoever you're attracted to, right? Having a relationship, whatever it may be, movement slash freedom, being able to go wherever you want in the world to do whatever you want, uh, mastery slash status, being the best in the world at something. And then materials and possessions. So money, nice cars, homes, and all that. Those are kind of the external, extrinsic motivators. And I believe the big one is mission and purpose. The mission, the purpose. Like, are you motivated by the fact that you believe you were put on this earth for unique, a, a unique thing and that's what you're doing? I think at the end of the day, most humans are motivated by significance is what I would say. Because, you know, a lot of people put stuff up on social media because they want people to consume it. And then it makes them feel good when people consume it. I think that's a very big one. And then I would say love and relationships is probably the, probably the second biggest. I would say those are probably the biggest two. Absolutely. Yeah. I know uh, Tony Robbins talks about the six basic human needs. Yes. Right. Yep. Um, I would challenge though. And tell me what you think about this. Please. Fear is the biggest motivator. It's not money that motivates us. It's the fear of not having money. It's not having the money you think you deserve, or maybe somebody else getting the money you think you deserve the relationship. It's not, that's not what drives you. It's the, the lack of, or the fear, the mm. lack was your <laughs> word. You don't like the fear of not having the relationship, right? Mm. The fear of not being, um, that, that person with, of significance and stuff. I think it can all be back down to fear. And if we could find out what that fear is, where it came from, and then try to shift that all those things suddenly open up. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I, I think it's interesting to understand, though, that just because we're talking about motivation does not mean it's the motivation to take action in an aligned, right, uh, progressive way, right? Like the the motivation for doing something could be fear, but it could be like instead of going and improving and focusing on how to get your dream relationship, you post on Facebook that everybody is negative and you only meet negative people and you've been cheated on many times. Like that's the fear driving as well. Yeah. So, I, but I would agree. I mean, yeah. humans humans do more to get out of discomfort than they do to find pleasure, right? So yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Very cool. All right, courage. Let's talk about courage. Mm. Um, on the show, we talk about the courage to, where did you find the courage to leave your nine to five job, right? To create your own success. Where do you find the courage to overcome the setbacks, like the divorce, the bankruptcy, the failures, the illnesses? How about you? Where did you find your courage? Where did that come from? I think part of it is the just drastic amount of necessity I had. You know, when you're at hell no, there's really nowhere else to go other than hell yes. We call it the pain pleasure pendulum. The, mm -hmm. the further it swings one way, the further the opportunity for it to swing the other way. So I think that's a big part of it. But the other thing is I had people around me. I found the courage, honestly, I borrowed the courage from other people. I borrowed it from the people who believed in me. I, I'm very blessed where for me, it's not that I ever had a lack of people around me who believed in me. I just never believed in myself. Hmm. So I borrowed the courage from the people around me. I borrowed it from mentors. I borrowed it from people who believed in me. That's really, that's really my truth. I don't, I don't know if I was super courageous in the beginning. I also think I was somewhat ignorant to what this was all going to take. So that's a, my level of, of courage wasn't probably super high because I didn't understand how much courage I actually needed to get to where we are. Yeah. Well, what type of courage do you think is most important for somebody, uh, say, starting off where you did, where it's like, I need to do something, I need mm -hmm. to change. What fear is necessary or what uh, courage is necessary for that? I would say the courage to look in the proverbial mirror and make shifts when it comes to you as a human. Not like, not facing the lion, but facing the lion within. That level of, I'm going to figure out through feedback and through life and through failure, what am I actually good at? And what am I not so good at? And based on that feedback, you know, one of the things I've said often is entrepreneurship, being a business owner, all this stuff, I've learned a lot. The thing I've learned the most about is about me. And sometimes that is painful and it sucks, but having the courage to look in the mirror of yourself, I don't know if there is anything more powerful than that, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing for people to do. It's it's so easy to point out externally. Yeah. Well, it was their fault. It didn't work. It was the product that I couldn't sell. It wasn't me, right? Um, yeah. How do you get people to, to take that step to look at themselves? It's a, That's a challenge. I, yeah. It's hard. A lot of that goes to what we were talking about earlier. It's that mindset. It's that identity work. It's it's digging in, but it starts with a simple understanding with the second you give away responsibility, you give away the opportunity to improve. If this mm -hmm. podcast isn't good and I get off here and say, oh, Harlan just, yeah, it's, it's all on Harlan. It's, I can't get any better. You know, I'm good enough. I don't have to get any better. That's never true. That's never true. So I think that's part of it. And then I think it's it's giving and offering a safe place for somebody to actually make those reflections. Like you're not going to be judged 
by anyone around you in this scenario, if you go look in the mirror and ask for feedback, the goal is to get better here. The goal is to improve. And then I think the last thing you need to understand is just because you look in the mirror and you find something out about yourself that is not necessarily favorable, it does not mean you're a bad person. You don't have to attach the view of yourself to your self-worth because when you do that, that's a very, very dangerous game, especially if you're new to getting these brand new awarenesses. So I would kind of pair those all together. Yeah. And it does help when you have somebody you can you can call on, that that good friend, coach, mentor, whoever it happens to be, to say, I'm, I'm struggling here. Yeah. Help me with this, you know, and and be honest with me, right? Yeah. 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 Um, Next Level University, you guys have a big team. I looked on your website. You have a good team. <laughs> yeah, we... It's, it's very interesting because I don't know, people say that, they're like, you have a big team. And it's like, I don't really know because I don't know how many people, other people have on their team. But I think as of today, we it's either 16 or 17 people nice. on our team, including um, Alan and myself. So yeah, we're, we're very blessed. The interesting thing about the way we've done it is we've taken mostly people from our community, hmm. right? It's the, the interesting thing for a lot of people is businesses will set it up where the end game is customer. When you get to the right. point where you're a customer and you're a recurring customer, we did our job, everything's good. For us, there's actually a, a step below that where you end up on the team because yes. we know that you are the most invested in yourself. You, we know you probably have similar core values, core beliefs, and core aspirations. So that has served us at a very deep level is just the culture of the team is the culture of the brand. And that's really helped us. Absolutely. And how would you define your culture? Uh, we are obsessed with improvement. We are unbelievably vulnerable. It's a safe place. It is a safe place where we will always give you permission to fail. We will give you permission to cry. We will give you permission to struggle. And we will give you permission to get better. That is that is us. We had a team call last night, and I think there was six or seven people on. And I think everybody cried mm. at one point on this call. And that's just, that's the way our culture is. If I'm going to cry. That's fine. I'm all, I'm all for that. I do not want anybody to feel any type of way when they do. We're, we're human beings. So that's our culture. Absolutely. Very cool. Thank you. Good job. So if I was to bump into any of these folks and ask them about your leadership style, mm. what would they tell me? What kind of leader are you? Oh, man. I hope they would say something nice. <laughs> um, we we're, we're leaders who lead by doing. I will never, ever, ever ask somebody to do something I wouldn't do or I'm not doing. I would say it's it's humble. It's heart-driven, but no BS. It's it's the heart-driven of, I'm going to, I'll give it to you in the kindest way possible, and I'm here to support you, and you have to know that this is in the benefit of you. But the no BS of, I also have to give you the truth because that's how you're going to get better. But it's the balance of that. Yeah. It's the balance. There's no toxicity. There's no hyper-masculinity. It's just... I'm a human being. Um, I happen to be one of the two people that started this, whatever. That, that's why I'm in the position I'm in. But I appreciate you for what you're doing. I want you to know that first. And then from there, how do we get better together? Nice. And has the culture always been that way? Or has it taken you guys years to kind of shape that? No, it's. I think we're very blessed because... Uh, for a lot, I'm sure a lot of businesses don't do it the way we did, where for the first year and a half, two years, we worked on our characters. We didn't even focus on 
really making money, which in retrospect was probably a terrible idea. But, you know, in the beginning, we were like, okay, our audience is drastically different than what we expected. I didn't expect to have the demographic that we have. And I'm super, I'm so incredibly blessed that we do. But I want to figure out how does Kevin respond to that? How does Kevin communicate with, with that type of demographic? So in the very beginning, we started working on our characters. And then from the very beginning, we started onboarding listeners as team members. So no, I think it's been this way pretty much from the beginning. We've made a lot of shifts and we've honed it a lot where we realize if you're not in the community, you're probably not going to be a good fit for the team, which is weird, but that's what we've noticed. So I would say it's been that way since the very beginning. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. So what's next for you guys? What's next (laughs) for you? You've done a lot. I mean, you've come from right rock bottom to Mm. where you are now. What's next? So our ultimate goal is to do, and I don't know like the specifics of it, but we're going to do an episode every day. We're going to do, we have something we do every week. We're going to have something we do every month. We're going to have something we do every quarter and we have something we're going to do twice a year and then once a year. So for us, we're very like, we do not start something unless we plan on doing it forever. Like that's just kind of the way our business is. So just more podcast episodes, more impact, more profitability. And then I would say, just so it's not a cliche answer, probably more in-person things. We're doing as much as humanly possible virtually with everything that we're doing. So we realize our community does really well when they connect with other humans in person. So we're going to do two live events a year. We do two charity events a year, and then we're going to do one big retreat every year. So that's starting this year. So there's a lot happening this year. Yeah. Very cool. Where's that live session going to be? Worcester. The big annual session. Yeah. So we're going to have our, our live events in Worcester, Mass. Okay. Our charity events are in Worcester, Mass. And then our retreat is actually just outside of, of Worcester. So everything is based in, <laughs> in Massachusetts for us. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to wait for the, the ground to thaw out a little bit? I yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We got it. We got it. We got it. We want it, the weather to be nice. We want to make, you know, we can make s'mores and do all that, but we don't want to have to wear jackets while we do it. Exactly. No, I have a buddy that lives up near Natick mm-hmm. and uh, he was a California boy, but he moved up there went to seminary, got married, lives in, in the Boston area. And he called me one year excited because he got a snowblower for Christmas. <laughs> I don't ever want to be excited about getting a snowblower. Yeah, that's a necessity. That is a necessity. That is a necessity. Yeah. Kevin, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for uh, taking time out. If people want to get in touch with you, if they want to follow you and, and learn all about the programs you guys have to offer, mm. where can they do that? What's your website? Uh, nextleveluniverse.com is the best place. You can listen to the podcast there. You can do everything. So um, don't feel like you have to listen to seven episodes a week. Dip your toe in. Dip your toe in and then figure out if, if we're your type of people, we'll be there. If not, no hard feelings. Nice. And are you um, up on LinkedIn also? Yep. Kevin Palmieri, P-A-L-M-I-E-R-I. Perfect. Good job. All right. I will have those links down in the show notes for everybody so they can uh, find you, follow you and uh, see what you guys are up to. Thanks again. Really appreciate this. My pleasure. Yeah, it's been good. All right, listeners, hope you guys are taking a lot of notes. A lot of good information here. Definitely check out the website, nextleveluniverse.com and uh, share this episode with your family, friends, colleagues, and leave a review. Reviews are important, right? Reviews are what uh, drive the the algorithms and we all live and die by the algorithm. So put those reviews out there and stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me. No Tarlin saying so long for now. Bye.